Thank you. All right, so last week you started. Samson, Samson right? Because I knew it because you drew it on there. And can you tell me the name of Samson's father? Manoah. Ooh. Man. Noah. But you, you do not know. You just know uh, his Manoah's wife. That's what she is called in the Bible. Okay? So Samson is. Now, Manoah's wife is told not to do certain things while she's pregnant with Samson, which are what? Two things. Nope, not yet. This is for her. <laughs> Can't get to his hair yet. She's still, he's still inside. Don't drink, okay? And don't eat unclean things. Don't drink and don't eat unclean things. And that actually will translate a little bit more because he gets this, but then he gets a little bit more. So when Samson is born, can't cut his hair. Can't cut his hair. Can't, can't touch, touch anything dead. dead. Can't touch anything dead. Because dead is sin. Okay. So essentially, they kind of group these together. Uh, they all. He is not to touch anything unclean. And he, do you remember what the vow is called that he has? The vow of a Nazarite. Okay. So a Nazarite means that he actually takes a vow. Now, <clears throat> sometimes we see in the Bible, at other times, other people have taken a Nazarite vow. And they sometimes would shave their head. Okay? But the point was, regardless, now with God, it is not the outside that matters. Right? The point is not that he grew his hair. Although, the story will seem like it. But the point is something else has to go inside, right? Man looks on the outward appearance and God looks on the heart. So you may be doing all the right things in your life, but if your heart is not in the right place, you, may, you can go to the right places, you can go and join a church and you can make sure you're there every single time the doors are open, but if your heart is not in the right place, then you do not have that connection, that relationship with God, then something major will be missing in your life. The idea is that something draws you, God draws you to him, and that there needs to be a real, true connection. All right? So, he has given this great power. Is Samson a big man? Uh, yes. yes. No. What do you think? Yes. Yes? Probably. Uh, no. no. Superman. Superman. <laughs> yes. 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 He's certainly strong. He's certainly strong. You don't know? Maybe Samson was your size. When we will see Samson become weak today. Now, probably most of you know this story. Some of you, maybe you don't. Um, but we will see Samson become weak today. There's an interesting thing to think about. People are asking him, and they will be asking him today, what's the secret of your great strength? If he was a monster, and he looked like this, couldn't even put his arms down because his muscles are so big, People probably wouldn't be asking that. 
again, he may be small. But God has been doing something miraculous in him. Okay, does he grow muscles at that moment? I don't know. No. Wasn't there. It really, the muscles aren't even the point. He's like the Hulk. He's like the Hulk. <laughs> He's the Hulk. <laughs> Could be like the Hulk, right? Turns green. All of a sudden, turns green, trips, shreds his shirts, and can do amazing things. The point is that something is there besides the strength. The strength is actually just sort of a byproduct, but he doesn't treat it that way. He doesn't treat it that way. He treats it like the most important thing. Okay, so let's continue on with the story. We got to get in. Uh, last week, you remember, he went and he killed the lion, right? Which wasn't the problem. What was the problem? He went, he, went back back and he, he went back and he touched it. And he wasn't supposed to touch? Dead things. Dead things, okay? So he has been a little careless, right? Because that was what he was supposed to do. As a Nazarite vow, you have just a couple things you're supposed to do. Don't cut your hair. Don't touch something dead, okay? You're not supposed to be doing unclean things. So... He's kind of like, eh, I don't really care. I like the sweetness better than worrying about what God is. I, I need what I want right now. And that's part of really Samson's issue is that he, he's probably a man that you might word, use the word lust in his life. And lust means what? I want it now. Regardless of what it is, I want it now. Want it now. I'm not going to wait, right? I want it now. And so, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry I'm going to die. Okay? So I'm going to open this lion up and pull the honey in. Okay? I don't care what the consequence is. I want it now. And that's kind of the way Samson lives his life, all right? It's not even kind of the way. It is that way. He's impetuous. He makes a thought, and he goes and he does it. He lets anger run his life. He lets uh, getting even with people run his life. That's what he does. He doesn't stop and think, ooh, there might be consequences. He just goes, all right? Now, people like that can be fun to be around sometimes, right? They're the life of the party. They're the greatest guy. Look at this guy. He's fun to be around. He's cool to watch. Look at all that thing. You want to be Samson's friend. Until kind of the end, it kind of all falls apart. Okay? And that's part of what the impetuous thing is, right? His personality is just go out there and have a great time. But then that crumbles as he gets older, and it crumbles relationships, and you'll see that. So, <laughs> when he was on his way to, when he killed the lion, where was he going? Little town called Timnath. And in Timnath, he was looking for a wife. Why was he looking for a wife in Timnath? Because he saw a lady. He said, hey, she's pretty. I want her. Now. And his parents said, 
Isn't there any woman in all of the tribe of Israel that we're in that you could pick? I saw her and I want her. That was his answer. Go get her for me. And so they did. And this begins some of his uh, instigation into the Philistines. Now you remember, every one of these judges has been dealing with a specific group of people that has been a problem since the beginning with Joshua, right? Joshua, when he went through, they did not defeat all of the groups of people. And the Philistines were one of those groups. Some of them have been gotten rid of and annihilated. The Philistines have been fought against and fought against and fought against. And he will fight against them again. And it will still not wipe them out. Because there were a couple that God promised and said, these will always be thorns in your sides. And the Philistines fought through. Even to this day, their territory is still under, uh, under a battle zone, essentially. Okay? The Gaza Strip is where the Philistines used to be. And that has been changing hands and territories since the beginning. That time. Okay? They take it, they get pushed out. They fight, pushed out again. They fight and take it back again, they get pushed out again. Okay? So it has constantly been a problem. So here he is. He goes in, he's going to marry this woman. And he says, I got a riddle. They're having a big feast because this is, this is Samson, bigger than life. Have a big feast. I got this riddle for you. Out of the eater cometh forth meat, and out of the strong cometh forth sweetness. And they couldn't figure out the riddle what it was. Now he is in a wedding feast with Philistines, his enemies. So do you think they have good intentions for him? Nope. But he likes to play the game, right? He's a big guy. He's been strong. He's been able to get away with anything he wants to. So he's right in the midst of the enemies with a Philistine girl that he just married and he kind of having a little fun with that's That's him. He likes to just play around. And so, his wife is a Philistine. She gets out of him the answer of the lion is the strength, right? The meat eater is the strength. And the honey is inside the lion is the sweetness. And so at the end, they all, oh, we figured out what it is. It's the lion with the, the dead lion with honey in it. And they get him. And he's angry. Because they turned against him. And his wife turned against him. Well, she had no loyalty to him. And he should have really known that. She had no loyalty to him. She's part of the enemy. And always has been. The very enemy that God says, you were born to fight these people. But he's right in the midst of it. He's just having a little fun. Except now the stakes are raised because he's mad. So he goes out and he picks 30 random people because one of his bets, if he lost the bet with the riddle, the bet was give me 30 changes of clothes. So he picks 30 random people and the Philistines kills them. He grabs their clothes and takes it back to them. There you go. Here's the bet. You got it. Well, what do you think that does? 
Well, now they're mad at him. And so they're one-upping each other a little more, a little more, a little more, because he had a short temper. And so after he does that, kills them, off he goes, and he feels betrayed because they now go to his wife. And they take his wife, and they, they give him his wife to another person. But we thought you left. Now he's mad. Now he's really mad. And so he now starts, after he feels betrayed, he starts. We're going to go to Judges chapter number 15. <clears throat> after he feels betrayed, Samson's coming back after he stormed off and killed a bunch of Philistines for, for their clothes. He's coming back now a little while later and he expects to be to meet his wife. And his wife's already been traded out to another guy. We figured you left. So he's mad. For uh, chapter 15, verse number 1, we're going to go through verse 11, please. But it came to pass within a while after the time of wheat harvest that Samson visited his, his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go into my wife into the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I really thought that thou hadst utterly hated her. Utterly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to the <coughs> companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson, and Samson said, Concerning them, now shall I more blameless than the Philistines. Uh, though I view them a And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the brands on the fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burnt up both the shops and also the standing corn of the vineyards and olives. And the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will, I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt on the top of the rock and hated him. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up to do him as he, as he hath done us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock Edom, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is that, this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. Alright, one up, one up, one up, one up. They can't stop. So... He finds out that his wife was taken and given to his companion, his best friend, okay? And now he's mad. 
and he goes out and he catches 300 foxes. I mean, that feat is incredible in and of itself. If you catch one fox, that would be incredible, but 300 of them, you have to run fast, first of all, to be able to get a fox, okay? And even if you could trap, how would you trap 300 of them? He's determined, and I think he had supernatural help with this one, all right? 300 foxes, grabs them by the tails together, two at a time, wraps a torch in between them and ties it all together, and they're angry and they want away from the fire and they want away from the other fox, and he throws them out in their fields and they burn the fields down. They run through everywhere until they, either the torch burns out, the fields all burn down, or they die, I don't know, or they're able to get loose, but they run and they burn everything down flat. It's chaos. And Cam Samson says, take that. Just kind of a way to Samson kind of smugly looks at everything. I'd like to see them do that. So they go back and they say, who is this guy that wrecked all our fields? Oh, that's Samson. He belongs to, he's the son-in-law of this Tim Knight guy. So they go and they find his wife and the father and they burn him to death. Now he's mad, right? So it's going to go back and forth and back and forth. And so he goes and he finds all the guys that killed and burned his wife and father-in-law and he kills all them. Well, it's just escalating, 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 escalating. Do you think, and I won't even have you answer this, but think about this. Do you think it was God's plan to have this whole this for that kind of thing happen? Think about that. So, off he goes. And he goes to the top and sits on a rock and pouts. Angry about everything that happened. Of course, he caused half of it and more, right? And he just had to get more and kill more and do more than anybody else. Destroy more than anybody else. And the people of Judah are scared to death of these Philistines because he said, they're more powerful than we are. Samson, you've got to give yourself up. And so he says, all right, I agree to it as long as you don't kill me. So they tie him up. 3,000 men from Judah tie him up and bring him over as a gift to the Philistines and say, don't hurt us. It's not us. It's this guy. He did it. And at the moment he does it, verse number 12, they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that we will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily on him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt, and his bands loosed from off his hands, and he found a new, a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men with it. 
And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. So they take him up, his hands tied behind his back. As soon as the Philistines show up, he just rips them off. It's just like they were thread. And he goes and he... The nearest thing, he's got a, a dead donkey skull, just be picks up the jawbone of that, right? Now, what's the problem? He can't touch dead things. Can't touch dead things, right? He gets himself into these situations time after time after time because he is not thinking, he is reacting. He is not planning, he is not asking God anything. He's just doing it. Is that God's plan? Doubt it. <laughs> you doubt it, okay. You doubt it. Now here's one thing. Does God know Samson's personality? Does he know his weaknesses? Yes. <clears throat> Put that in your head. God comes back on him. The Spirit of God comes on him at that moment after he picks up a dead animal again and he kills a thousand Philistines with a bone. I mean, this guy is powerful and quick. And a thousand guys can't go after him. I don't think they lined up. I think they all came at him at once. You can't even fight behind your back, but somehow he's quick enough and powerful enough to take one after another after another. And how fast do you have to work to kill a thousand people with a bone? Even if it's a big bone. Right? The jawbone of a donkey is not a big thing. Right? A head of a donkey might be this long. Right? Jawbone's about that long. It's not like a club. It's just a sharp object, and it's not even that sharp. And he kills a thousand people with it. Clearly, God is still with him, and it says right in the text, the Spirit of God came on him. And so he's free. Kills a thousand of those Philistines. And then when he's all done, and this is exactly the way Samson is, Verse number 18. Pick up, please, where we left off. And he was so a thirst, a thirst, and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and thou shalt die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Yep. Here I am, God. I just killed a thousand people and I'm so thirsty I'm going to die. So do you think God should teach him a lesson now? Like you just picked up a dead donkey bone, right? You weren't supposed to do it. So what does God, what do you think God does with it? And this is where we begin to see how God thinks, right? He is not here to torture people. And he's not here to make sure if you don't follow my rules, I'm waiting to pound you. That's not the way God thinks. 
It's easy to think that way because oftentimes we see parents or other people treat people punitively. We're going to take this from you. We're going to pound this from you. We're going to make sure you do what we tell you to do. And that's not the way God reacts. God is a God of mercy and understanding. He understands us better than we understand ourselves. And so that's why I love Samson so dearly because he's a man of passion. He's a man, he doesn't think. And oftentimes we're like that in our life. We just, I gotta do this. I'm so thirsty I'm gonna die, right? I just did this, I'm so thirsty I'm gonna die. You shouldn't plan anything in your life, Samson, nothing. It all just sort of happened to you. And you got up and you were strong and amazing and everybody said, ooh, wow, that's amazing. And you just killed a thousand people there without consequence of thinking what would happen next. Nor, and he's still missing something else, and that's something that's missing, but God knows his weaknesses, all right? So what does God do? Uh, verse 19 and 20, please. <coughs> but God gave Cleave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof Enhakor, which is in Lehi unto this day. And he judged, judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. Okay. He drinks, God makes it a spot where he drinks like the marrow out of the bone. And I don't imagine there's gallons of marrow <laughs> in a bone of, you know, this size, even if it's a monster donkey, okay, and you have a bone this size, right? Really, what is that? What's going to be inside of that? Not much, except God created something within the dead. And this is the way God works. The things that you think are beyond what God can do. God reached into the deadness and pulled life out of it. That's exactly what God did when He came to this earth. He looked down on the deadness of this world and the darkness and the deepness of sin and said, I'm going to go into the middle of it and I'm going to bring life out of it. Even if I have to die to do it. And He did. He brought water, or life-giving water out of the bone. And so the Spirit of God did it. He did it. He put it in that bone to show that God is not limited, even by you not following the rules. Now, does God want Samson to follow the rules? Well, of course. He made the rules because it's wisdom for him. Samson does not live his life by wisdom. Not so far. And so, it ends up that he battles, and he battles, and he battles, okay? And it ends up that he goes in next, chapter 16. We're not going to turn there just for time. Chapter 16, he goes in to a prostitute. Okay, well, that's not very smart either, right? He gets locked into a city at night. The Philistines surround the city, and he is in danger of being taken over and killed, when he gets up in the middle of the night, the Philistines have surrounded the entire walls of the city, locked the gates up and, and, and surround the city, and they're waiting for him to get up, and they're like, as soon as he gets up, as soon as it's light, we're going to kill him. 
He's locked inside the city. So he walks over to the, the gates and he grabs the gates with all his might and God is on him still. He just got up from doing the wrong thing, right? With a prostitute. He grabs the gates. He picks them up. Not just the steel and iron gates, but the brass bars that explains all the entire posts. There's guesstimates that these gates weigh somewhere between 3 and 10 tons. 3 and 10 tons. No human can pick up 3 to 10 tons, okay? 3 tons. Even if it's 3 tons... That's 6,000 pounds. He doesn't just throw them out of the way. He picks them up, grabs them, and walks them up to the top of a mountain, drops them off, just to show you I can do it, and walks away. And I think everyone said, we're not working with humans here. Something's weird going on. And they're scared of this guy. They're looking for a weakness, and so they know his weakness. Where did he just come from? Right? His weakness is, I want it, and I want it now. And so they find another woman that he falls madly in love with, Delilah. Right? Happens to be another woman connected with the Philistines. Imagine that. And when he falls in love with this woman, she says... Tell me where your great strength, the secret of your great strength. Tell me where it lies. And so he gives her stories, several different things, night after night. He keeps going back to this woman. She keeps asking him each and every night. And the first night he says, oh, take seven brand new green strings that are made from these uh, vines and stuff and brand new ones, green, and you tie me all up and I won't be able to move. Next morning, he, she's like, oh, yeah, puts him to sleep on her lap. Next morning, he wakes up, and he's got all these seven green strings tied around his hands, and she says, the Philistines are here. He gets up, rips them off, and goes and kills the Philistines, and out he goes. And he goes back the next night, and she does it again. And this time, he tells her that, oh, if you put new ropes on my hands, then I can't do it. And so the same thing happens. She puts him to sleep. He wakes up. Miraculously, there's new ropes on his hands, just like she told him. Somewhere in your mind should click and say, this woman might be against me, right? But it doesn't click because he wants what he wants. And she's beautiful and she, oh, he thinks he's in love with her or whatever. So he does it, wakes up again. The Philistines are on you. And again, she does it again. And she weaves his hair into the beam like he says, oh, weave it into the beam of the house. And he gets up and shakes his head and the house comes down. Now he goes. Something in his mind should say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe I should step back here. Maybe not go visit this woman anymore. This seems like trouble. Because every morning I wake up and there's Philistines in the room with me. But he's gotten to a point where he just is careless. And he assumes that God will never leave him. Regardless of what he does. That's not God's message to him. God's message of mercy has been there all along. And a message of help. And he understands Samson is not a perfect man. Nor is any person. But the message is... I am here to help you, 
but I'm not going to do it regardless of what you do. Right? And so, he finally, she says, you don't love me, you know. And so she tells him, or he tells her, cut my hair, and there's my weakness. He figured he's just going to keep going the way he did, always did. He figured it was no big deal, and he'd just get up again. And the long chapters and chapters of Samson and all the things that he does and all his feats of strength and he messes up again and again and again. He does all these sort of things. In chapter 16, verse number 20 and 21 is where we pick up sad, sad things, right? When he wakes up that next morning after his hair is cut. Chapter 16, verse 20. Pick up wherever we left off, please. And she said, The Philistines be upon me, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before, and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Okay, so if we just take the word wist not, which is not a phrase we use any longer, uh, and just put in, I, he had no idea. Right? That means he did not know, okay, wist not, but essentially he had no idea when he woke up that God wasn't with him. This is another reason I think that he wasn't necessarily a huge man because he didn't change physically or at least he was expecting he was going to do some sort of change and when he got up, he says he had no idea that God said, that was it, Samson. I'm not with you when you're doing this. And up he goes in verse number 21. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and found him with the tires of grass and the air grass. A few men grabbed him and took him, gouged his eyes out, and chained him and shackled him to grind grain. Walk around for months and months and months as he's grinding grain. Ha ha! We got the mighty Samson. He took him. Only well, took a few men. One, there was a day when a thousand men could not take him with a little bone. He killed them all. Nobody could touch Samson till that morning when God left him. And when God left him, he had no strength. He was like everybody else. It was a sad day, not because he lost his strength. It was a sad day because God said, I'm not going to be with you today. That's a sad moment, and he had no idea. He had lived his whole life in such a way where he really was careless about things. He figured God would just always be there. I had my Nazarite vow. God picked me from birth. I'm the guy. Big jokester. Well, I guess you got a lot of time to think when you're grinding grain with no eyes. You got nothing to look at anymore. Can't see any more beautiful women, right? Grinding grain, chained to a thing. Just walk around and grind for weeks, months. Nothing to do but think about all the things you should have done differently. And I think that's what he did. 
And when you start to think of those things, you say, forgive me, because I really messed this up. I should have taken what you had, and I should have done something great with it to help my people. But instead, now I'm chained up, no eyes. I got nothing left. I'm weak. I'm helpless. I'm here to grind until I die. That was it. The pretty sad ending to a man who could have done amazing things. But half of what he did, he used it for spite. He used it out of anger. He used it to get himself out of trouble that he shouldn't have been in in the first place. All right? But God is still the same God, and He is still merciful. And it says there, verse number 22, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Time to think. Time for your hair to grow back. It's not the hair that makes him strong. But I think along with the hair growing back, he got a little humility. A lot of humility. And he changed his thought about how he approached God as opposed to being reckless and careless about everything. He started to say, man, if I just had one more chance to do something, I wish I could do it differently. If I just had one more chance. And it says the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God and to rejoice for they said, our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. And so essentially they go and they send a little boy to get Samson. There was a day when a thousand Philistine warriors couldn't take him. And they sent a little boy. Go get Samson. Bring him over here. He brings him over and he takes him into a big temple and there's thousands of people sitting up on top of a roof, an open area where they can watch him, essentially like a coliseum sort of thing. And they all watch him and they're going to make fun of him. Well, really, they're not making fun of Samson. They're making fun of God. And they say, this is our God, Dagon, half man, half fish. This is our festival. Our God got their God's Superman. We got him. Why does he come in here and do a few tricks for us? We'll see how strong he really is. And no doubt they had a plan to beat on him or do something or bring out their warriors or just watch and see if he could pick up a stone anymore, do anything. He picked up and carried the gates. Probably couldn't even pick up a rock anymore. Nothing big, nothing like he once did. We defeated him and we defeated his God. Because clearly all that strength came from God. And finally one time Samson said, I don't like what they're saying about you, God. They said my eyes were taken out because you couldn't protect me. And I know that's not true, God. I know it's not true. I was stupid. I did all kinds of stupid things and I messed up everything you gave to me and I didn't pay attention. But I just want to say one more time so they know it was you if you could do it one more time. 
And so they put his hands on the columns of the of that, and he prayed to God like he never prayed. Now notice, his whole life he never asked God. It's never recorded that he asked God to help him. The very last thing he ever did, he asked God for help. And he went and he pushed on those columns with all his might, and God came on him one last time and crushed the whole house and says he killed more in his dying than he did in his whole living. He wiped out a huge piece of those Philistines who were picking on God. But he did it for the right reason. Now, when you go into the book of Hebrews, you'll read about all the heroes listed in Hebrews. Heroes of the faith. Samson is listed in those heroes. And it says that there were those who believed. And it talks about things. In fact, if I turn there, just because it's quite a striking thing. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 32. It's Hebrews 11:32. What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and of Samuel and of all the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens or the enemies. I think in that moment, Samson became a hero. Samson's faith had grown and he had some humility time to think about it at the grinding grain with no eyes. And he changed his course and God really did have something great for him to do. And in that course, even though it was his last moment, he made a profession of faith and in strength trusted God in his weakness to give him strength. And out of weakness, like it says in Hebrews, out of weakness were made strong. I think Samson was a weak man. But his faith made him strong physically and spiritually. It's something incredible that he did, and that was just trust God. And sometimes it takes us all a long time to figure out what we're doing and what God's doing and what we're trying to do and try to listen to God. And God knocks us down and knocks us down and knocks us down and knocks us down and sometimes has to knock us down so hard that we got a long way to climb out before we listen. Depends on our personalities. And Samson had that personality that no one could tell him what to do. Right? We know people like that and we might be people like that. Right? So we get that and we learn to listen to God and you learn a lesson from Samson to say, well, could he have done something better? Oh, he could have done a hundred things better. But he still had faith in God. He's still listed in those heroes out of weakness was made strength. That was the faith of Samson. To trust, had a relationship with God, to say, God, I don't want them to do this to you. Let me do this one more time. 
and he pulled the house down. And that is a faith, step of faith in the things that we're trying to learn from these judges. None of them are perfect. And we learn that faith makes them stronger through God. Next week, we're going to continue on and see how society has degraded and how bad it can get. Thank you very much as we continue in the book of Judges.